Welcome to the Property Elite Podcast. I'll be your host, Jen Lehman, Chartered Surveyor and Co-Founder of Property Elite. Stay tuned each week for more on industry hot topics, market updates and new RICS guidance. Hi. In this week's blog, we're going to take a further look at the inspection technical competence, which is essential reading for both ASOC RICs and APC candidates. So, how would I prepare for an inspection? Whatever type of inspection you're going to do, there are some fundamentals that are common to all. Good preparation is the key. So here are our top tips making, you sure, making sure you know what to check for. The purpose of your instruction and the outcome expected by your client. Any relevant RICS guidance. Any relevant legal guidance. Two cases to think about on McGlynn versus Waltham from the Inspection of Construction Work and RIB RYB versus Conway Charter Surveyors. The latter applies to residential surveys and indicates that a surveyor's duty of care may extend to cover the grounds of a property as well as the property itself. Any plans, leases and as-built drawings. Any asbestos registers that may exist. Any copies of the specification and contract drawings if you're going to inspect contract work. Do not be afraid to take with you checklists, printed or an iPad, of any relevant information. If the property is an old and occupied industrial property, try and see if you can find out any historic uses. I once inspected a property for a client and partway through the inspection, the colleague and I went through what, what had been a first aid room to see a sign above a wooden cupboard saying, inject in the case of arsenic poisoning. It turned out that arsenic had been used in the manufacturing process and we'd actually walked through the old manufacturing bay. Fortunately, we did not suffer from arsenic poisoning. When inspecting residential flats or rented properties, especially those that have been empty for some time, check where the nearest public toilet is. You cannot guarantee that the toilets are working in the property you're inspecting or even available. Also, if you're going to be on site for some time, you may wish to find out where the nearest coffee shop or eating place is. How can I stay safe when inspecting? Well, first, you carry out a desktop risk assessment in align with surveying safely. Always consider if you need to be accompanied on the survey and what your firm's policy is on meeting strangers. Do not undertake a survey if there is no support or backup at your office. Look at what your company's risk assessment says about loan working, discarded needles and squatters. There is absolutely no requirement for you to put yourself at risk of harm. We have more details of this in our Surveying Safely blog. Do not forget to undertake a dynamic risk assessment when arriving on site. Things may differ to what you expect. This should include an assessment of any client you are meeting in an empty property. Remember the Susie Lamplu. Do you have a code for alerting your office if you feel uncomfortable in inspecting property with the client? In all cases, do not enter if you do, do feel uncomfortable with a client. Some things that surveyors forget is to check that the mobile phone has a signal. If not, then reassess the situation. You may have to travel back to where you have a signal and discuss with your office what you are going to do. If necessary, consider rearranging the inspection. Also check that you have a mobile phone signal when inside the property 
as sometimes signals can be blocked. Again, if you find this, vacate the property or go to a place where you have a signal and let the office know. How should I inspect? Whatever type of inspection you carry out, your primary job is to gather the information available to you that is applicable to the reason you are inspecting. You then have information you can analyse to provide the correct advice to your client. You must be wary against going to site with a preconceived idea of what you expect to see, as this can lead you to ignore evidence or just not be bothered to look closely enough. The old adage of it looks right, if it looks right, it is right, is a dangerous one to accept. Damp problems are a good example of this. Where surveyors have diagnosed rising damp, based on only damp meter readings, the problem is due to block cavities or bridge cavities. The question is, what information should I record on site? Well, when arriving on site, you should always record the date of the inspection, the time of the inspection, the weather at the time of the inspection, and sometimes the weather that precedes the inspection. The late Malcolm Hollis at a one-day CPD conference told this story. His practice had been instructed to investigate water ingress problems at an office block in Bristol. He had been to site several times in the course of the investigations. On this one day, he arrived early and went up onto the flat roof, which he had done many times before. On this day, however, the angle of the sun revealed that the asphalt roof covering was uneven, something which he had not seen before. Opening up revealed the roof had only one coat of asphalt and not the two required, which accounted for the water penetration. Now, because on previous visits he had recorded the time and weather, he would possibly have had a defence against a negligence claim made against his practice. How should I record my inspection findings? Following the verdict in the unreported case of RYBE versus Conway Charter Surveyors, the need to fully record, including photographs of what you see on an inspection, is essential. With the advent of digital photography, there is little limitation on the number of photographs you can take, unlike the days of 35mm film, where costs played a part in the number of photographs taken. In my kit bag, I used to have the following to record my findings. A tape recorder, a notebook, a pad of A4 paper to sketch on, pens, pencil, chalk, and a digital camera. What additional surveys may be required? It is quite common on inspection to recommend additional or more detailed inspections using special equipment or techniques. And there are many examples of this, some of which are thermographic surveys, CCTV surveys of drainage, drone surveys, pressure tests. How can you use drone surveys when inspecting? The use of drones for carrying out high-level surveys is a technique growing in use. I consider that many more inspections should use these as a standard approach. I have seen the benefits in having these done where it is difficult or impossible to inspect roofs at a high level, or even on properties where there is more than one roof pitch. Survey, on surveys carried out for a colleague, not only were suspected errors on hidden parts of the roofs identified, but additional information which was not readily apparent from the grounds, such as boundary lines where adjoining properties sometimes may have encroached, were revealed. Thanks for listening to the Property Elite podcast this week. Head to our website to check out our full blog, 
free and paid support resources and services, free consultation for every single RICS APC and ASOC RICS candidate, and also ask us any questions you have via the website chat blog. See you next week.